Hello, frenzies. Welcome to episode three of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. Today's episode is all about balance, work-life balance as a teacher. This episode was requested from people that I talked to on Instagram. And so I'm going to first tell you my personal ideas and thoughts about work-life balance. And then I went and researched several new ideas that hopefully you can take away and feel a little more healthy with this week. (laughs) Let's get on with this show. Yay! Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Before we start, I just wanted you to know that I would love to see who is listening to this podcast. If you could take a picture of yourself listening or a screenshot of the podcast and tag me, the whimsical teacher on Instagram, I would love to repost your story of you listening. It just fascinates me that I might be reaching more ears than normal. So thank you. Hello, frenzies, and thank you for tuning in to episode three of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I'm your host, Jessica Martin. So happy that you're here with me today. Yesterday, I asked my Instagram audience, you know, what what would they like to hear about next on the podcast, even though I haven't officially released it yet. And I had a lot of responses for work-life balance. How do you balance everything? I'm going to tell you my input and then I'm going to leave and I'm going to go research maybe some more ways. <laughs> so here's here's just my advice, just things I've heard from people, things I've had to do myself. First of all, a lot of people I know buy a course from Angela Watson and it's called like the 40-hour work week and it's all about setting up systems in your teaching so you're not spending time on things that aren't important and it's all about whittling your teaching hours down to exactly 40 hours a week. I got to give that program a shout out because I every single person who's taken it has learned something and they've cut down their work hours. So that would be one way. And I'm assuming when people are like work-life balance, I'm just assuming that as a teacher you're stressed out because teaching takes a lot more than 40 hours a week uh, during our work year. And it's really hard when people aren't getting adequate planning time, you're not getting time for grading. I know when I got in touch with some of my old friends after being a teacher for a few years, and I was finally ready to socialize again, I... They, they were absolutely shocked when I explained what it's really like being a teacher because they all thought it was so cool. Like, oh, we think it's so cool that you're a teacher. That's such a worthwhile profession. Tell us about it. You know, you're changing lives. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also really stressful. <laughs> um, you know, the changing life parts, that, that's awesome. But it's really being overworked and underpaid for nine or 10 months of the year. 
and then having everyone tell you how great it is that you get summers off. (laughs) And I explained to them, I'm like, you know, what do you think when a teacher's in a classroom, like, how do you think those lessons are being created? And they all seem to think that your district, city, state, whatever, hands you everything to do. And I was like, no, they don't. I mean, and part of that is cool because you have a lot of creative, you know, room, wiggle room, But in some districts, they do hand you a scripted uh, curriculum. I call it a canned curriculum to use, but that usually doesn't cover every subject in every minute of the day. Very rarely have I heard of a teacher on a scripted program every single minute that, that he or she is teaching. And so they were like, okay, so your district doesn't tell you what to do. They don't give you the scripts. They don't tell you everything. So what? how does it all happen? I'm like, well, you plan your lessons in your free time. They're like, what? <laughs> you plan lessons in your free time? Mine's blown. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And you're planning, if you're an, if you're a classroom teacher, probably K6, you're planning every single subject. Sometimes you get a bit of time to plan maybe one subject with a team. Some people have co-teachers. But I mean, if you look at all the different subjects and all the things you have to cover, there's no way you can get that done in your planning time. You are going to be using time outside of your work hours. And their their minds were blown. They had no idea that teachers spend their time planning. And then I told them about grading. I'm like, when do you think teachers... Uh, grade their papers. They're like, oh, well, we thought you got paid after school to do that. And I was like, yeah, no, you don't get paid after school to grade papers. And so that's really when I'm looking at work-life balance, those are the two areas that I think take up the most time and take the most time away from having a normal life and being able to hang out with your family and friends, uh, planning your lessons and grading papers. So for me personally, I know that Teachers Pay Teachers helped me a lot with planning lessons. I am buying a lot of lessons on Teachers Pay Teachers all the time because I don't have time to find the lessons I need. It's just, I think it's just a godsend to teachers. And I know a lot of people don't like Teachers Pay Teachers. They don't want to pay money for them. But when you're buying units that save you 20 hours a week of planning. I don't care how much they are. It's worth it. To me, my time is worth it. So teachers pay teachers really and finding those lessons on there. That that was the first step for me to having more balance in my life. And yeah, I spent a lot on my lessons that I bought on there before I started creating my own. And I still buy lessons from time to time, but it's always worth it. I'm never disappointed It's always stuff that's saving me time and it's written by teachers. So I know that it's going to be good stuff. And I'm not saying that every single purchase on there is, you know, life saving, but most of them are, (laughs) if I'm just being real with you. So that takes up a lot of the planning hours is just go buy your lessons. And I know a lot of people don't want to spend the money, but you know, if you shop around, you can find really great deals. Teachers Pay Teachers has a sale four times a year. 
uh, you could try to make your own and then you make some of your money back. I mean, that's how I would do it is I made a bunch of stuff that seemed, you know, like stuff that I could make. And I use that money from my lessons to buy other people's lessons. And I get it. I get it that that's not normal. But in the teacher world, time is money. So if something's going to save me time, I'm willing to spend a lot of money on it. And then the other part, grading. I think grading takes up the most time. And I hate grading. It's it's my one gripe being a teacher. I'm always behind on grading. It's hard. I try to grade as much as I can in class. But honestly, there are times that I have been swimming in papers and swimming in grading. And I think it was my fourth year teaching. I just decided no more. I can't live my life grading, you know, these buckets and buckets and buckets of papers on the weekends. I just can't. So I kind of started prioritizing my grading. You know, what are things that I would need to grade? Certain essays, certain things for Lucy Calkins program, um, maybe really important tests, anything that's written, you know, like essay style, I think is pretty important to grade as a teacher, but then everything else, I hired high school students to do it for me. Now, a lot of high schools, they have like a career program and you can call the counselor of your local high school and just say, hi, I'm an elementary school teacher and I need help grading papers. Now, sometimes you can actually get a free assistant and they will send you an assistant through like a work program and that person will just help you in your classroom. You have to think of work for them to do every day, but it's really not that hard. If you're a teacher, you know, there's plenty of work to be done. Um, another, uh, some other places I've worked have had like parent, uh, here we call it perk, but parent volunteers that are willing to come in and help grade. So that's an idea. Um, one year I couldn't get an assistant. So I just, I, I hired from the high school again. They're like, we don't have anybody we can send you for free, but we have some kids looking for part-time jobs. And I held interviews with like high school juniors because juniors really aren't too busy yet. They're not doing a whole bunch, getting ready for college or moving out or enjoying their senior year. They're, they're a really great age. Most of them have cars and transportation. They're over the age of 16. So they just, I don't know, for me, high school juniors worked out really well grading my, you know, fifth and sixth grade papers. And that's what I did. I paid my assistant $40 a week. I had her come in Monday through Thursday. So that was $10 a day. And I get, she worked for an hour and she could just grade so much faster than I could grade because I get hung up on who the kid is, you know, like who's this kid, what's their problems, trying to figure out what they're saying, you know, like I get my emotions all wrapped up into grading. And when you think about it, that's really not fair, but you kind of do. My assistant, on the other hand, was coming in with a clear head, didn't really know who these kids were. And I'll have to be honest with you. I calculated it out one week that 
it would take me 25 hours to grade the papers that she would grade in four hours. And I mean, she's a kid. Did she make mistakes? Sure. But the kids were pretty fast at telling me like, oh, she made a mistake. And they knew that I was hiring someone to grade their papers. The parents knew. Um, And I explained to them, I'm not going to let her, you know, read your personal writing, your essays, stuff like that. That's still a teacher job for me. And if we have a really important test, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to double check her grading on those, those tests, especially when they're short answers. But other than that, I mean, they, you know, they would come to me, Hey, you know, she made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. And we would fix it up. And it really just, it saved me so much time it saved my sanity. <laughs> I was so much happier. And, you know, there were, you know, you're working with a teenager. So there were times that she was late or days that she didn't show up. And it's not going to be perfect hiring a teenager to do the job of a teacher. <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. But was it worth it overall? Yes. And every year that I did that, I didn't have any complaints really. I, you know, I, I, sometimes you have to talk to them. I mean, you're, you're their boss. Sometimes they ask you for a recommendation to get a better job. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are awkward moments when you're managing another person. I mean, you have to look at it like this person isn't your free helper. You are their boss and you have to kind of treat it like a job. I had a little timesheet that I had her fill out and, you know, I don't know. I I really I don't regret it. I I always miss having an assistant. I don't know if I would do it in junior high. In junior high, my strategy is to just grade everything in class. I think junior high, like having a 10th grader or 11th grader grade 8th grade work might be a little weird, especially because they probably would have a relationship with each other in such a small town. But for my situation that I had before, teaching fifth grade, having an 11th grader come in and grade work, it worked. So it just, it really depends. I think there should be a, you know, a big age gap. I think that you need to check their references, check their grades. Uh, Those are my suggestions. So now I'm going to go and look into some more quick tips for you to finish out the show. And I hope you've gotten something out of it. I'll be back. Okay, I went and researched the topic a little bit and just see what other ideas are out there. Um, And I I found some good ones. Here is a really good one. I'm just going to kind of go through the list of things that I saved. Um, Allow yourself time to make effective transitions from one class to another. It's difficult when you have many classes each day, but one way you could manage that is by having an opening routine that your students can do independently. I think that's the whole point of those, um, what do you call them, bell ringers. And, you know, like when the student, students first come in the door, they're, you know, they're working on a task independently. Maybe it's a prompt on the board or some sort of routine that they do. And they're suggesting that between for every content subject. So you can kind of have that mental break of, okay, we need to switch gears and I need to do something different and you can kind of get yourself organized. So I I do love that idea. Another idea is 
It says taking advantage of the assistance your district may offer its employees. And I have to admit, I'm really bad at taking advantage of all the benefits that get offered to me. But this, this was saying a lot of districts offer something called an employee assistant program, EAP. And sometimes they have free counseling, wellness activities, online stress reduction classes, support groups, financial coaches. I know we have a program here for like legal expenses or legal advice, and it's really inexpensive. It's $20 a year. And if you're having any legal problems, you can talk to a lawyer for free. Uh, help with substance abuse and many other things. So yeah, that's something to think about. Like, what does your district offer you wellness wise? Do they compensate you if you join a workout program or you go to the gym? Do they offer free yoga classes? Some of the bigger districts do. And I don't think uh, employees realize that they might be missing out on some wellness activities or benefits because there's just, you get overwhelmed, right? You sign up for all of these different insurances and then you don't really know what you're getting. So that would be a really good thing, I think, to bring up in a PLC or to ask your favorite coworker about. I know here we ask our union rep. They seem to know everything about our benefits and what we're entitled to and what we're not. And I know personally, this is something I need to do. I need to look into that myself because I know I'm not utilizing everything that's offered to me. All right. Um, this was an activity I did last year. We do a uh, team boosters for the seven habits because we're a seven habits school. And this says, you know, don't lose sight of your big picture. Now, what I did last year is I had everyone write down their why, their big picture for teaching, like what's the real reason they're doing it. And I really wanted to emphasize that it could be something very selfish. I mean, there are people that teach because they do get the summers off and they can go travel around Europe for eight weeks. That's not typical in every career. And if that's really your why for showing up, I don't think it's bad to admit that. I had the teachers write down their why, like what, what is their big picture? You know, like why are they actually working this job every day on a little whiteboard? And then I wanted them to keep it by their desk just so they can see the why every day when these trivial things are happening, these little annoying occurrences that happen every day that you're teaching. Uh, it's really good to be able to focus on the big picture. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, this is a really good one, especially now that we're in this age of technology. We have parents writing us on Classroom Dojo. We have emails coming through all times of the day and night. We're connected to students uh, on Google Classroom. And this person says that they have a cutoff for when they talk to anyone work-related. And that's 7 p.m. <laughs> like my students know and parents know that I will not respond to them after 7 p.m. That's their personal time. And that is kind of hard to remember for me as I, you know, I'm glued to my phone and you get an email at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. You just want to take care of it. But that is cutting in to your personal time. That's cutting into your self-care time. So I do agree with this. And maybe another person said they just shut off all electronics at 7 p.m. And they do things that make them feel good 
not having to do with electronics, reading books, yoga, meditation, games with family members, uh, talking to family members, meal preparation, uh, yoga. Those are some of the ideas I was reading about. Um, this is a really good one. Keeping your career worries in perspective. When something goes wrong, you need to ask yourself if it will still be, if you will still be affected by it in a year, in a few months, or will it even bother you a week from now? And that's where that big picture comes in is that when these little things are bothering you, you really need to step back and ask yourself, is this even going to be an issue next year? Usually in our profession, it's not, right? Because we get new kids in, get new coworkers, get new admins. Whatever's bothering us this year is not going to bother us a year from now. So why are we letting it eat away at our soul? Okay, I think the best piece of advice I read about life-work balance for teachers is that you need to really start budgeting your time like you would your finances. Time is money. What can you do to get yourself more time? So we went over some ideas. You could join Angela Watson's 40-hour work week. Everyone I've talked to loves it. I just went and Googled it. It's something like $129 uh, for a year, but you're going to learn a lot. I think it's well worth the money if you can shave three to 15 hours a week off. I mean, do the math. That is worth money. You can also get a donor's choose for that program. She also has a scholarship application if you cannot afford it. So that's a good one right there. Uh, you could, if you, if you do have a little extra money or you just have some time to make some phone calls, you could find yourself a high school assistant like I did to help grade papers. You could start uh, buying more units on Teachers Pay Teachers. There are a lot of free lessons on there too. So I know those things cost money, but time is money. We need to start budgeting our time. And then some of the other ideas, you know, you're looking at your classroom structure, your day. Where can you find yourself some time to regroup? Can you have more automated activities? Can you have the kids doing more things independently just so you can gather your thoughts? I read another good one is, is when you're alone, can you give yourself a 10-minute recess to just not think about anything at all? Can you just give yourself... 10 minutes of time to let your mind go blank, whether you believe in meditation or journaling or anything else. I really like that. Um, can you start to put your worries into perspective? Can you, can you think of your big picture, write it down, and then when all of these other problems start taking up a bunch of your time, just refocus on your big picture? I think that's a really easy one to do. Are you taking advantage of everything your district is already giving you for free? I mean, a lot of districts have the stress reduction classes, wellness activities. They give you money for working out. They have free counseling, financial coaching, uh, help helping with your addictions and other problems. I mean, are you, there's so many free tools out there. What free tools are you tapping into or what tools are you already paying for and you don't even know? I think that would be really good to to know for your overall wellness and getting your time back. 
So anyway, I, I love that idea. Budgeting your time like you do your finances. I think that's a perfect close to this show. I hope you got some ideas to walk away with. I told you what I did. You know, I, I got people to help me with grading and I started buying more lessons on Teachers by Teachers. Yes, it cost me money sometimes, but it saved me so many hours and I became a happy teacher again. I had my weekends back. I remember that fourth year teaching after I hired my assistant. I already had all these um, products I had bought on TPT. And I just remember that first weekend of, oh my gosh, I don't have any papers to grade. I can enjoy myself. I didn't plan to go anywhere or do anything. This is my time. And it just felt so amazing to dedicate myself to my family rather than my career and my job. It was amazing. And I hope that you can all get to that point. And yeah, if you have any more ideas, Send me a message on Instagram. That's where you can find me most often. You can also email me at thewhimsicalteacher at gmail.com. Please, please, please reach out. If you have anything more to add to this conversation, I would love to hear from you. And I hope you have a great week. Remember, put yourself first. Oh, and please subscribe wherever there's a button to do so. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think I might be bad at this. Thank you for listening to Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. We look forward to seeing you on future episodes. Again, please subscribe if you feel like it. If you don't, that's fine because we know you'll be back. Have a great week.